Hi everyone, welcome to PA Talks, an interview series by Parametric Architecture, the world's most renowned avant-garde architecture platform about parametric and computational design. We meet the architecture and design pioneers on this podcast and talk about their careers, experiences, methodologies, and visions for the future. My name is Hamid Hasanzadeh, founder and editor-in-chief of Parametric Architecture Platform. Welcome to the show, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. To support this podcast, please check the links in the description. Make sure to follow our platform on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and support us on Patreon. You may listen to this conversation on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Thank you so much, Tor, for joining to this conversation. It's been a couple of years that I've been uh, following your work at the Arking Yells Group, and uh, the sustainability team is amazing, doing amazing works. And I'm so excited to be speaking with you. Likewise, uh, thank you for uh, for this interview and, and taking contact. It's a it's a pleasure to uh, to elaborate a little bit on what we are what we are doing here. And uh, yeah, thank great you to so meet you. much. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. So for 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 those of our audience who don't know who is Tor Banke, uh, can you please introduce yourself and please tell us what are you focused on now these days? So uh, my name is Tor Banke, and I'm Director of Sustainability here at BIC. I'm trained as an architect. Uh, I have a background, a PhD background in computational design and performance analysis. And uh, I'm very much constantly kind of in search for how we shape our future. So with the constraint of like uh, both the social aspects, uh, environmental aspects and economic uh, aspects. That's amazing. Thank you. So uh, let's, if we wanted to talk about more in details about your background, can you tell us where did you start to become an architect? Which offices you have been involved? Where, where, where have you been worked? And how did you end up being uh, uh, working at, at, at uh, BR Kingels Group and leading the team? I think uh, I think I would like to start actually from uh, from where I grew up because I think it says a lot about my my motivation and and where I am now. I uh, I grew up in uh, the northern part of uh, of Jutland, uh, close to the sea, and uh, very much kind of surrounded by by nature. And um, I I used to say that well, it, it was not like a kind of a, a kind of a common childhood. It was more like growing up in an ecosystem. Uh, where we were very much in contact kind of with the kind of resources that were, we were surrounded by. So to give some examples, uh, my, my parents uh, both had full-time jobs, but at the same time, they were also very visionary uh, on, on several uh, kind of uh, areas. One of them was that uh, this is like in the late 70s, uh, early 80s, where they they raised uh, one of the first windmills here in uh, in Denmark, and um, this windmill was not. Uh, it it was it was actually kind of that there was a kind of a huge cable going into the into the house. So most of the energy that we consumed was was powered by this windmill. It was like an industrial windmill, of course, much smaller than what we see now, but uh, it uh, it was an industrial windmill. And um, after kind of. Uh, the, the energy used from the house, it was sent to the grid. And, uh, and um, uh, I remember kind of, uh, you know, we, we had these kind of, you know, you, you could kind of visualize, you know, you know how, how, uh, how much energy that was being produced. And we had this kind of red dot that was kind of indicating, you know, when, 
when we uh, you know uh, were kind of using the you know the 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 the, the, the washing machine and the dryer and and these things right so we, we were very much kind of in response to kind of what uh, what energy we were producing and, uh, and 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 our consumption at the same time we were also almost self uh, kind of sufficient in uh, uh, food production so we had uh, uh, a large area with a kind of um, a vegetable garden we were we were eating very much like you know what what was in season also saving for winter and also had like uh, animals uh, so like chicken and ducks and geese and uh, and uh, and sheep amazing so 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 uh, so really like uh, you know kind of uh, close to uh, close to these uh, kind of natural uh, elements and i think uh, at the same time my parents had a very big interest in in architecture and design so i, I kind of grew up with kind of the classic uh, kind of design classics and kind of got told about the anecdotes behind the design. So, you know, like uh, we, we know like the Danish classics of Wigner and uh, Uno Madsen, uh, uh, Paul Henningsen and, uh, and Arne Jacobsen. And uh, so all of these anecdotes about, you know, both how the relation between kind of performance, but also aesthetics. So that kind of gave me a, a great motivation actually to you know, start combining these things also in terms of, you know, the environmental work that I'm, that I'm doing right now. That's amazing. Thank you. The, 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 how, how did you join uh, BIC? So um, after I, uh, I finished, uh, like through my, through my studies, uh, I, uh, th this was kind of the, the, the time where, you know, this is back in, my master's is back in 2007. And uh, this was the time where, like, I mean, programming and, and visual programming has existed for a long time, right? And, uh, but I, it, it caught my interest. At, at this time, we were working with, you know, I, I, uh, I was sitting close to uh, uh, the research center, CETA, Center for IT and Architecture at, at KDK here in, in Copenhagen. Mm -hmm. And, um, and uh, they they just started up, and and uh, I I kind of I borrowed one of their licenses for MicroStation, you know the generative compute components. Generative and, components, uh, yes. yeah, exactly. And and I think you know I, I got like a a manual that was like this thick, right? And uh, yes. And 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 I kind of experienced also you know trying to tap into their you know forums and these things and building these kind of relationships and parametric design, what we called it at that time. And I also found out, you know, the difficulties there because it was very much like an isolated kind of community. And, and a lot of the companies that were using these tools were, you know, they, they were the top businesses and it was not really spread out to, you know, uh, the communities. Exactly. Like, like students and, and smaller practices. And uh, around that time, you know, we, we saw a shift. So that was when explicit history that then became uh, grasshopper uh, later on, you know, it, it suddenly kind of showed up and, uh, and I just immediately saw how it just opened up, you know, new possibilities uh, for not just for architects, but also for engineers. And, uh, and, and I started experimenting with, uh, with this uh, in terms of um, kind of environmental analysis. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so um, uh I remember one of my one of my first projects was actually it was a like a, we we have a lot of coast here in Copenhagen or here in Denmark, 
and a lot of these industrial areas, you know, they're, they're being transformed into, you know, new areas for, for, for living. And, uh, and I found uh, some old silos that I wanted to reuse. And then I, I wanted to, you know, uh, have this, uh, you know, I wanted to make this, 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 this building that was shaped with some of the traditions from the old kind of uh, shipbuilding industry. So, so I, I kind of, um, I, I made this program, like, uh, you know, where I, you know, at this time, you know, we, we were, you know, kind of throwing between all kinds of different types of software where, you know, explicit history and grasshopper was kind of the core, but it was also uh, limited, you know, so, but we threw it, uh, you know, between different types of software and I was kind of capable of kind of controlling the geometry. So I, I kind of got inspired from the old kind of, you know, shipbuilding techniques where you use single curve, uh, you know, kind of um, standard elements and then controlling the geometry into something that was, you know, kind of controlled, but it was, it was you know, it was curved and, and shaped in particular ways. And then using uh, this technique to shape it according to daylight, depending on different program types. And that was kind of the beginning for me where I was like, at this time, you know, trying to control something like, you know, 5,000 facade elements, elements where, yeah. where I could, you know, kind of, you know, I, I could control the, the, the geometry, but also the performance uh, aspects. And um, so th this was kind of the, the beginning of my kind of motivation of, uh, you know, uh, and I, I saw there was really some, some great opportunities mm -hmm. here for mm -hmm. collaborating uh, across uh, kind of different uh, Awesome. Practices. Awesome. So, so you, you are also a computational designer and you yes. were head of computational design and co-founder mm -hmm. of the tech-driven R&D uh, yes. department at BIC. And you mentioned about the projects that you worked back then. And uh, how do you think the computational design has evolved during the past 15 years? And especially after the uh, 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 the advent of uh, software such as uh, mm. Grasshopper. How do you think this uh, computational design has evolved in the last 15 years? Yeah, so I think like, you know, uh, when, I think when, you know, when, when, when Grasshopper uh, kind of got, uh, you know, got its birth, uh, immediately we, we saw this incredible forum, you know, that was, you know, it, it was it was between practices, it was between researchers, it was between different types of professions, and everyone had different contributions to this platform with their different, you know, their different roles, their different interests, their different perspectives. And that was also what I saw through my PhD after the master. This was actually a great opportunity to do collaboration across uh, and, uh, and inform, you know, design from earlier on. So the thing about having something that suddenly was so intuitively that, you know, on one screen, you're going to have, you know, the, you know, very, you know, rhino uh, kind of, you know, viewport where, you know, you could sit and you could sculpture, you could investigate, you know, the, the, the aesthetics, the, the spatial relationships, all of these things. At the same time, having the very kind of, you know, measurable kind of data and inputs from, you know, especially kind of the engineering professions, suddenly you, and in combination with having a forum where people could, you know, kind of uh, discuss and, uh, you know, contribute to this, suddenly you were, you were able to, uh, to develop at an incredible speed, 
And that was what I kind of experienced through my PhD that, you know, th this suddenly became, you know, a, a common platform for, for changing these things where in the past it was very much happening in these silos. Uh, but, but now uh, we could, we could, we, we, you know, we, we were, we were, it, it was much more, much more fluent and the innovation was, was happening much, much faster. And I mean, at the same time, what it also gave the opportunity of was to actually create some workflows that were very precise, depending on what you wanted to achieve. And that's also what we see now that, you know, it, you know all practices work with Grasshopper, you know, on, on, on different levels. But, but what you're seeing now is that, you know, you have people that are working, you know, as architects, where they are more like generalists and, and, and you know, kind of, you know, has, you know, exactly. kind of, you know their basic skills. At the same time, you also have computational design specialists that are, you know, kind of highly advanced and they, you know, they work on GitHub and, and you know, kind of more advanced uh, things. You have people that come with, you know, really uh, kind of specialized skill sets like engineering and kind of uh, in environmental kind of uh, uh, design. And you also have people like, for example, now we have people that are, you know, they are programmers and, and they, you know, they do software development. And, and everything is tied together in these uh, computational workflows. So I think that's really what has developed. It, it's actually given the opportunity to, you know, to, to, to grow and, uh, and, uh, and uh, yeah. It, it's, it's amazing. Uh, mm -hmm. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's very, um, uh, I remember back then, uh, those, those, uh, those uh, like the, the uh, not in 2007, eight, but 11, 12, 13, uh, uh, the hype about Grasshopper and these uh, parametric tools were, were a lot. And many, many amazing projects were just em emerging as a prototypes, then becoming as a real, real project. But now the amount of people, the number of people who are using the Grasshopper or let's say, computational tools it's it's a part of now the way that we think and the way that we design and also it's getting very much involved in the way that we manufacture or construct our 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 buildings so it's very amazing that uh, to see to see uh the 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 process that is, it has evolved during the past 15 years and you were definitely one of the pioneers of uh, uh, those those uh, uh, in those dates who who were pushing the the software forward. And what what, what led you to focus on sustainability? I I, I know you're uh, you described about your uh, starting point of like uh, your. Uh, uh, interest in sustainability, mm -hmm. but shifting from computational design uh, to sustainability and leading a, te a tech group uh, at Bjarke and Gels Group. What led you to to focus on sustainability? I think uh, I think sustainability has always been an interest for me. Like you know, from you know, from my childhood and my kind of my exploration through my education. So I think it, it has always been there. Uh, I think, uh, you know, when, when I started to see kind of the computational design grow, I immediately saw, you know, that there was a, 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 a really uh, great potential to overlap those things, uh, because it's also about, like, uh, when we talk about sustainability, environmental design, whatever we call it, it's, uh, 
it's 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 a lot data driven, and it's 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 about uh, also combining you know uh, research and uh, and uh, you know kind of uh, uh, weather monitoring, uh, you know research about you know what 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 happens in the ecosystem, you know what what is it we need to benchmark up against, and and doing you know predictions uh, for the future, and that's that's quite. Um, you know that that that's that suddenly becomes quite complex, and that fit very well into computational design in general, right? Because that's that that that's where you can handle all of these uh, these these things very very nicely, and it's something that's quite difficult for you know um, kind of humanity to 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 to, to deal with uh, because it, it this this huge complexity. So actually, combining those two things, both the you know the the visual and then the then the data, it, it gives some uh, incredible kind of uh, opportunities. Amazing, amazing. How we as designers, architects, and engineers can deal with the sustainability challenges of our our industry to produce smart buildings uh, and use available technologies to ensure that structure uh, structures uh, generate minimal harmful effects to the ecosystem and the communities and how we can overcome the challenges such as reducing the energy consumption of the buildings in, in their entire lifetime, using eco-friendly materials, functionality uh, changings uh, of buildings, and even thinking about the afterlife of the buildings mm. how we can tackle about these issues yeah i think i think uh, a, a lot of things have have changed uh, like if we look back maybe 10 years ago i think the industry was very much focusing on kind of you know uh, performance aspects you know here and now you know how can we make something that performs well for example with energy right and I mean that that's really really good. Uh, what what we are seeing now is that we we also realize that you know that that's not enough. We need to look into the entire lifetime of of, of the building. So suddenly the you know the, the challenges becomes uh, you know it, it becomes to a greater complexity, and that's what we are we are starting to model. And 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 it also means that we need to invite more. Uh, we need to invite more uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, people into our design process. So, so for example, like uh, like now we have been developing uh, for nearly two years for for making our own uh, life cycle assessment tool, because we are seeing that there's a lot of tools out there, but the difficulties of modeling something to to such a high uh, kind of detail is very very difficult in the early design stages where we know that this is where we 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 make the most important design decisions. And, and it's really in the early phases where we have design impact. So we need to use these tools. We need to use all of this knowledge and data that we have, and we need to embed it early, early on in, in, in the process. The design process. So, so yeah. it's actually a way to also kind of capture this knowledge that, you know, kind of get built up through the process and actually make a feedback loop to the earlier stages so that we can, we can develop and we don't forget the things that we have learned uh, going through these uh, these projects, and that's where the you know the the, the computational you know design play a, a huge role. Have you ever wanted to connect with pioneering architects and designers to learn more about parametric design and computational tools? 
then you may wish to join Pacademy, an educational platform powered by parametric architecture to spread the idea of using parametric design and computational tools in architecture. Pacademy has broadened its collaboration with pioneering architects and designers, dealing with diverse and numerous topics such as computational design, 3D printing, robotic fabrication, procedural methods, space architecture, metaverse design, design in VR, AR, and many more topics. You can register and join the live workshops or watch the previous studio workshops recordings. To learn more, you can visit parametric-architecture.com slash pacademy. One of the latest trends is uh, in architecture is to reduce, recycle, and reuse existing mm -hmm. buildings materials. Today, the major part of the design consume uh, consume large quantity of physical resources such as energy, materials, and money in their constructions, uh, uh, use and maintains. Uh, ineffectively designed uh, in a way that these buildings use a lot of energy with these materials. This leaves the long-term effects of the ecosystem along with it uh, to increase uh, the demand of energy production, which leads to contribution to global warming. Considering the environmental effects of the material uh, or a building, nowadays lots of people are significantly interested uh, in how to recycle and reuse existing building mm. fabric. Uh, how economically and environmentally effective do you think it is to uh, reuse instead of demolish and rebuild? Mm. So, so if, we, if we look at it from an environmental uh, perspective to start with, <clears throat> there, there are huge advantages of, of, of reusing these, these structures or, or even the, these materials. At the same time, the way that the economic system is set up, uh, it comes at a price. So, so it, it can sometimes be difficult to compete, uh, you know, uh, proposing some of these, uh, you know, um, um, these concepts where, where you reuse. And I think, uh, you know, now we are seeing also kind of, you know, some global pushes for like uh, CO2 taxes uh, that, you know, will be embedded uh, soon. We, we have one here in here in Denmark that, that's coming for starting, you know, with uh, taxing uh, uh, industry, right? But I, I wow. think we, we will see, we, we will see this grow even more. And, uh, and I think it's, a, it, it's an amazing opportunity to actually also give, you know, the, the possibilities for, you know, making even more reuse and also giving, uh, you know, new, uh, new businesses uh, an advantage, right, of, of coming in with a more environmental uh, uh, product, right? So, um, but right now there's, there's a bit of an unbalance in those things because a lot of these uh, materials or, or building techniques, they, they, uh, they, they are economically, uh, um, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, that's amazing. Which one of the uh, biggest projects you were involved recently and uh, wh what do you think uh, are the key features of this project? Yeah, so uh, like um, my team, we are, we are pushing for, you know, many, many initiatives, right? We are working with environmental analysis, uh, you know, that's like both indoor comfort, uh, you know, outdoor comfort, mm -hmm. wind analysis, daylight, uh, 
and 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 those things uh, we are working with um, uh, different certification uh, global certification types we're working with lca material research we're working with energy design and we're working maybe with uh, you know uh, 70 projects a year so we're really involved in uh, you know most of our projects here and um like one of the things that we uh, you know that we're pushing a lot for is that we, we have a project right now it's a uh, it, it's a smaller project, but it's a uh, it's a project where we are, where we are trying uh, to to use um, uh, as many bio-based materials as possible, and we are we are trying it out with different you know smaller houses where we experiment with different types of bio-based material. And, and what see, do you mean by bio-based materials? What so, is, is it like self-growing or so? No. What, what we, is what kind yeah. of material is that? We we are, we are not there in terms of like self-growing uh, architecture <laughs> yet, but but it is uh, it is materials like you know uh, it, you know bio-based materials like uh, you know insulation materials. So for example, sheep wool and okay. uh, you know uh, kind of uh, uh, seaweeds and cork, for example. Uh, wood, uh, of course, uh, uh, we also have, you know, with all types of reused materials, reused plastics, uh, uh, different types of materials that are uh, quite, quite new to construction industry, but we are trying to see both what are the environmental kind of uh, uh, aspects of these things, but also what are the, the architectural qualities that these, uh, these materials uh, give us. So, uh, do you have any 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 project that has been done with these biomaterials? Right, like right now we are building a project. Uh, okay. So, so I, I can't say too much about the project okay. right now, but it's <laughs> classified. <laughs> exactly, it's classified. So it's uh, but it, it's coming up soon. And uh, I think what is also amazing is that this is also something where the the client is very ambitious. Uh, and uh, and I think uh, you know we we have a lot of. Great, uh, like it's also about you know starting to, you know, uh, really collaborate a lot across because this of course also means you know uh, a very close collaboration with the people that are providing the material and also the data about the materials for us to be able to you know uh, to amazing uh, yeah to estimate you know the environmental aspects and also in terms of build buildability so you know we 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 are moving into new territories with you know. For example, fire, uh, you know, uh, moisture, all of these things. Um, so I think this is the, 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 there are some interesting uh, interesting aspects there. And uh, uh, at the office right now, we we are building up a, a huge uh, kind of material, kind of physical material catalog. At the same time, we are gathering data about this material, and we are feeding it into our life cycle assessment tools. So that we also have it in a in a digital format, but I think it's important to also be able to kind of have the, the material in, in you know in in its uh, physical form to to be able to to implement it in into architecture, so that we also work with the you know the the aesthetic uh, kind of uh, qualities that these mm -hmm. materials bring. Mm -hmm. So that that's kind of uh, 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 on which on which stage is this. Uh... Is this uh, uh, demanded from client side, or is it something that you, as a practice, let's say at PR Kingis Group, you try to push? Is it from uh, uh, which side is pushing it? Yes, I think it's both sides. 
it, it's very much both sides. I mean, we we are we are we are seeing uh, you know the the need for these materials uh, mm-hmm. also because like in in Denmark we have a a regulation coming up first of January with a, a carbon a CO two budget. So you need to to meet a a, a certain CO two budget for your for a new building. And and there is to, uh, to receive certificates to receive no, that no, to, to to get a building permit, and, oh. and and this is kind of a, a national kind of regulation to uh, to to be able to to live up to the goal of the Paris Agreement. So it it, it taps into the national strategy, and of course uh, uh, we can see that that this this budget is uh, is decreasing, uh, you know, every single year, and in a few years. Uh, you know, it will be evaluated to see if uh, if it needs, you know, uh, you know, to to be modified if it needs to go even lower. So it's it's something that's coming. Uh, we are also seeing uh, a demand from society that uh, that this is something that that is uh, that is needed, and we see it from our clients. We also see it from our, you know, uh, the investors and, uh, and the banks that are supporting our clients, and uh, and of course the the politicians and, and society in general. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Awesome. What will be your lecture at life cycle about at the conference? So, so the the title will be uh, climate responsive architecture. So so it's it's really about you know what what how how do we how do we bring you know in, environmental aspects into architecture at the same time uh, increasing the you know the quality of life or you could say even life forms. So, 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 how do you, you combine these things? Because I also believe that if you are if you are able to do that and you can succeed that, and and people don't feel that they are you know downgrading their living standard, then you actually have a huge potential to to grow a lot of these you know kind of these these concepts. Mm-hmm. So, so that's that's uh, that's what the the talk is going to be about, and I, I'm going to zoom into to different projects where I think that we have kind of created something that. Uh, that uh, you know, at least some attempts, uh, you know, where where we see uh, this actually gives quality uh, to both uh, aspects, and, awesome. uh, and also in in terms of you know the economic aspect that that of course we can't uh, forget either. Awesome, awesome. We'll we'll look forward to see you soon and and Gantz. Awesome. Uh, do do you read books? Any any recommendation on anything that you're reading recently? Yeah, so uh, I think uh, now it, it's just been summer, so that's been a great time to actually dig into you know some some books. Uh, uh, I think one of the very great inspirations that I read was um, uh, is um, is uh, the Life of Plants by Emmanuel uh, Kosher, uh, and it's uh, it's a quite uh, it, it's a quite you know he, he's a, a philosopher and it's quite an inspiring book talking about kind of you know the you know the, where humanity is coming from, and you know all the way all the way through, like you know where does life come from, and the involvement of of plants, and uh, and uh, and and how plants uh, kind of succeed to you know collaborate, you know uh, and evolve uh, uh, through you know uh, uh, millions of of years, and uh, it's uh, it, it's quite inspiring to read because you 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 kind of immediately see how how we are not kind of detached, you know, we are not detached from nature, we are part of nature. And, 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 and you could then start to speculate about, you know, how do, how do, we, how do we create greater, you know, synergies with this? And, um, and I think it, it also, 
it, it also lead me to, to kind of the next book for recommendation, which is, unfortunately, I, I, I think it's only in Danish. Uh, yeah. And I, I need to, now I just kind of directly translated it. It's called kind of the nature of the indoor human being. And it's by okay. Cecilia uh, Rubo. Uh, she is an uh, anthropologist and um, it's quite interesting. She, she kind of um, speaks, she has been out kind of, you know, talking to all kinds of people about their relation to nature. So she's been out in nature and discussing, you know, people experience with nature and, and where it comes from. And she, she very nicely speaks about kind of how we through, you know, history have developed maybe through, you know, from the industrial revolution. So now have developed this, you know, uh, uh, we, uh, this, this building culture where we have, you know, taken control, right? You know, like through, you know, control with the, you know, the natural light, the air, the temperature, yes. and, and, and how we have created this environment where like, you know, depending on region, uh, we are, you know, uh, more than 95% of the time uh, uh, indoor, right? And, and, and how she discussed how this might relate to our difficulties coping with, uh, for example, climate crisis, because we are so much attached from, from nature. And if we, if we get a closer connection to nature, you know, she believes that, that we'll be much more kind of capable of, of coping with, with some of these challenges. So that's also a motivation for me. I think, you know, one thing is to make design that's, you know, has, uh, you know, a, a lower kind of uh, impact on, on, the, on the ecosystem. But another thing is also to invite nature more in. So that's also what we are trying in, in many of our projects to actually make these synergies where, you know, you, you get a closer kind of connection. And, 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 and uh, you know, just to speak about some of the work that we're doing, you know, we, we're doing a lot of work where we're looking into passive design techniques, where, of course, you know, that, that's about, you know, for example, natural ventilation, uh, daylight, and, and these things, of course, it has some uh, environmental aspects, uh, you know, it lowers the, the energy production and, uh, or the, the energy consumption, uh, and, and these things. But at the same time, it also gives a closer connection between nature and, 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 and humans and, and looking into what are then the qualities of, of these affinities. Amazing, amazing. Love it. I'll just add it into my uh, bucket in my, <laughs> in my library list. I, I listen to many books. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I can barely have time to read them, but I listen uh, like two hours a day. Uh, and in, in that two hours, I can finish like twenty five percent of the book, for example. But if if I if I find the English version, definitely I will listen to it. I'm so excited about these kind of books. Talk about nature, how we evolved. Talk about the humanity, how we can decode nature. Uh, I think this is a great recommendation. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for that. Then maybe uh, maybe the last one that I'm kind of. Uh... In the middle of right now, and that's uh, that's a call. That's a book. Uh, it, it's a little bit scary. Uh, so so uh, if you don't like scary stories, then, then don't read that one. But it, it's called Our Final Warning by Mark Lunas, and uh, and that one is is this a horror of, horror movie or <laughs> no no it's actually it's it's a hundred percent scientific based. Okay. So so there are no kind of speculations here because 
when when we look at climate change, you know, depending on you know what what uh, what you know how we go about it and our strategies and and you know how fast we you know kind of go net zero. Yeah. Um, you know, things can happen at different speeds. What what he looks at is is kind of just pure facts from from you know the, the best data. we we have from from science. Looking at you know uh, chapter one is called one degree, chapter two is called two degrees, chapter three is called three degrees, and then you can you know you can think about what chapter four, yes, five, and six is is about. Uh, but but going in and looking across you know all the great science that's happening right now, looking in you know what how will our ecosystem look at these different you know temperature rises and uh, I, I think it's 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 really interesting uh, just to kind of speculate about what 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 scenarios is that we that we might see in the future and what is kind of the what's the importance also uh, mm -hmm. of working with these uh, these topics and uh, and uh, not just from an architecture point of view but also the importance of, of collaborating across and and actually distributing this, uh, this, this, this knowledge uh, mm -hmm. to, to different stakeholders. What was the name of the book once again? This, this is called Our Final Warning. Final Warning. Okay, yes. awesome. It, it's just been updated, uh, I think, this year or last year. Uh, there's been a few updates because things are happening at an incredible speed. So, uh, so things need to be updated also. So, but, okay. but there's a very recent uh, edition right now. I, 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 I'll definitely find it. I'll also put the links in the description so people Great. can people can watch or ca can read or listen to the books. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank you so much. Do you have any other hobbies like uh, outside the work, sports, gym, travel, painting, sketching, anything? Uh, yes, this was actually a thing that kind of, uh, I think many people kind of got new hobbies, uh, you know, during COVID. Uh, yes. I was uh, I was kind of in I I'm I'm uh, I'm very happy to have a, a summer house up on the on the north coast and uh, uh, where we kind of went you know in in isolation and and there I, I got a hobby of uh, you know I, I started spear fishing and uh, you know of course it also relates to my childhood where I was very close to the sea uh, mainly through my childhood it was more about sailing and these things so above uh, you know the above water. Uh, but but here uh, you know it was it I've been you know doing this uh, uh, quite a lot uh, during the last few years where I really feel uh, kind of a, a really strong connection. I think it's also you know I I tend to go up before fam you know the family kind of gets up, and this is uh, you know the time where you can be on the coast by yourself. You know there's not that many people, and you you can really see how you know things change during, you know, the, the day, during the season, you start to, you know, get an understanding about, you know, what, what's the, what's the life of, you know, those, those, you know, uh, life forms uh, below the, exactly. before the, below the, 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 below the sea and, uh, and starting, you know, to, uh, yeah, continually kind of, you know, see new, new patterns, you know, where, where do they hide, you know, how does, uh, how does you know uh, the, the things change depending on you know the, the, the weather and uh, you know depending on temperature? What what type of fish are there? Where do they hide? And uh, you know, kind of uh, get behind kind of you know all of these systems that are you know have been here long before we came. Exactly, amazing, amazing. Thank you. What kind of advice would you like to share with young professionals and the students? 
so I think um, I think it's really about you know if, if just be curious and and constantly be curious and and ask questions right you know because we uh, you know it's it's only uh, it's, it's only the the imagination that is you know kind of stopping us from from thinking about about the future and there's there's so much so much great work out there and you just need to be curious about you know how how do I how do I get all of this knowledge and how do I how does it contribute to shaping shaping the future and I think you know we, we have so many great people you know that that are that have all of this knowledge and we just need to you know we just need to get it and get them involved into into our work so be curious about that and then also you know be persistent because we're working with you know if you want to shape something new you know it's it's difficult, you know, and it, it's difficult to to uh, to to make change. You need to be consistent, and you need to to uh, to just constantly be able to, you know, push for for what you what you believe in, and uh, and uh, and just find your you know your superpowers, right? And uh, and just uh, continue to to grow those those uh, those skill sets. Uh, exactly. Think, uh, yeah, and then just you know embrace complexity. You know, it's a uh, it. We we are living in you know a, a, a whole ecosystem that is uh, that is uh, complex. Know, yeah. Yes, that is a, a complex network, and uh, so you know, be open for that complexity and 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 see the possibilities that it, that it brings for for shaping the future. Awesome, amazing! Thank you so much, Thor. This was a very amazing conversation. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, the, the last sentences were really inspiring about pushing it forward, about accepting complexity. And we as a platform without any uh, hard work, uh, any, any pushing it forward, we wouldn't be here as well. So I can understand those words easily. And I think maybe, maybe just the last thing that, you know, I think it's also about, you know, just reach out. I mean, people are, you know, uh, you know, in general, uh, are ready to help. Right? So just you know, pick up the phone, call up the people that know something about it, and and you know they they will be happy to to uh, to participate. Exactly, amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And uh, I don't know if you have uh, been involved in that uh, or you've been uh, checking or know about our platform before. But what do you think about our platform, PA? Um. Actually, it's been a while since I since I checked it out, but uh, I will go right now and check it out, and then I'll get, I've got to give you a response. <laughs> okay, okay, awesome, awesome. That's great. Thank you so much, Tor, and uh, thank you. It was a nice conversation, and we'll see you soon in Ghent. Yeah, see you soon. Thanks Goodbye. a lot. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Please subscribe to PA Talks Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts in order not to miss a single episode. Also, you can find out more by going to parametric-architecture.com slash PA Talks. Again, I want to mention PA Academy, or you can call it Academy, which is an educational platform powered by a parametric architecture to spread the idea of using parametric design and computational tools in architecture. Uh, you can register and join the live workshops or watch the previous studio workshops recordings. Please share this podcast with a URL to inspire a friend. Also, you can use hashtag PA Talks on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook to give us a feedback about the podcast. Thank you.